Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, Senior Pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Jesus praise in the house tonight. King of kings, Lord of lords, almighty God, you are mighty, you are wonderful. You know, I, I, feel, I feel like something supernatural is going to happen in this place tonight. And, and if, you, if you're hungry, if you, if you come hungry, it's amazing what hunger does for the power and the presence of God. Same by faith. God, I, I haven't just come to be in a meeting. I've come to have an impartation of the power of God. And you know, in a room like this, nothing's impossible. And I just want to encourage every person in the house and why don't you just take about 30 seconds and raise your hands to the God of heaven and earth who's in this place. Father, tonight we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you for the power of heaven. And Lord God, I thank you that you're going to do a work in this house that is supernatural. And Father, by your Spirit we've come and we've come expectant. We're believing that you're going to do something in the house by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Are you glad you're in the house of God tonight? Yeah. It's so, so good to see you all. And really is my honor. It's my honor to be here. And, and uh, can I encourage you? The, the best thing you can do, I, I am raised uh, crazy Pentecostal. My, my parents, <laughs> my parents are, are Pentecostal evangelists, but they're not even Pentecostal. They're Pentecostal. I mean, it's a... <laughs> When they, when, they, when they fight with each other, they fight in tongues, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. But, but I grew up in tent revivals going all over Australia with my parents and we saw the sick heal, we saw people delivered from the power of the devil, we saw souls won to Christ. And I don't know about you, but I have a, a heart, not just to be a, a guest speaker, and I'm so honored to be a guest speaker everywhere I go, but my prayer is that God would use me to keep and I don't have a Messiah complex. I don't think I'm the only one. I pray we raise up hundreds of thousands of people with the same heart. But my heart is that everywhere I go, we can still wave a flag to say, we still need the power of the Holy Ghost. We still need a manifestation of the Spirit of God. We still need to pray in tongues. We still need to get filled. We still need the Spirit of God to touch us with the power from heaven. And so tonight, I just want to encourage you, lean in and, and turn your expector on because something good's going to happen in the house. Are you ready for something to happen tonight? If you are, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. Thank you, musicians. Woo, there you go. Hey, you may be seated in the house. If you have a Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of Acts. And my, my first text is out of Acts chapter 2, but, but I, I want to read just the first text in the original uh, King James, the original King James, because of course that's the translation the Apostle Paul used. And so I want to have a look at this for a minute. So Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says this, and maybe we can get on the screen, verse 1, uh, not verse 14, ver, uh, verse 1. I'll just read it to you. It says in verse 1, and the first word is so important, he says this, he says, and. Somebody say and. Or you'd say and. We'd say and. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they're all with one accord and in one place. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. 
And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I love this word, and. Not a big word. It's the second most used English word. The first one is the. The and and. Very powerful words. We don't tend to stop and look at some of those words all the time. But I love this about the Holy Spirit and and the touch of God. Generally, when the Spirit of God is moving, there, there is a lot more going on than we might realize. When the Holy Spirit comes into our life, He's always bringing stuff with Him into our world. We don't just get the Holy Spirit. We get the Holy Spirit. And, and, and when He comes and He touches our life, He brings with Himself supernatural things that have the power to change your heart and my heart and change our lives by the power of God. And here we see, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that word and is a funny word. It's a lot like but, but it's a little bit different. The word but means contrary to your expectation. And kind of means that, but like a little bit softer. It means also, it means moreover, and it means and not according to your expectation. In other words, the Bible says that they were sitting in an upper room on the day of Pentecost, and it says, and it says, and the Holy Spirit began to move. It says, and suddenly, there was a suddenly of God. There was a, a moment where the Spirit of God came into that place and, and rattled that room. And man, the fire of God started falling in that place. Their heads were on fire, spontaneous cranial combustion. It was incredible. And if they were wearing vital Salsoon hairspray, they got burnt very, very badly. But the Bible tells us they're gathered in an upper room. The Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were together in one accord. They were together and they were together. I I do believe it's interesting. They didn't say, uh, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they'd been tithing, although I believe in tithing, or or they'd been... been singing worship songs, or they'd been singing hymns, or they'd been studying scripture. It simply says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were together, and they were together. I don't know about you, but we can often be together, and I've been in church where everyone's together, but they're not together. Are you following what I'm saying? I think it's pretty supernatural that in a meeting like this, you've got pastors from all over the city who are leaning in together and coming together because we're not just serving God together, but we've got to serve God together together, you know? And you watch, I'm not a big UFC fan, but just recently there was a, a big UFC fight with two girls, and they, I mean, they beat the lights out of each other. I mean, that, well, actually, that's not true. One severely beat the other. Now, they were together. But they weren't together. Are you picking up what I'm putting down here? You know, they're in the same, they're in the same space, not exactly walking in unity together. But here we see that they were together, and they were together, and the Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It felt contrary to what they were expecting. 
Now they're in unity, waiting for the power of God. And the Bible says suddenly and suddenly there is a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And then, and then the power of heaven began to fill that place. And when you read through the scriptures, you see that the Holy Spirit comes and he brings stuff with him. He brings power and presence with him. Like if we have a look at Luke chapter 1 verse 35, we, we, know, the, we know the story of Mary. We've just been thinking a lot about Mary over Christmas. But an angel appears to Mary. And, uh, and says to her, he says, hey, you're going to have a baby. And she said, she said really? And she said, how's that going to happen? Because I'm not going to be uh, changing my moral standards. I'm living as a, as a godly person, and that's the way I live. So how, how, how is this going to happen? And the angel says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. But he didn't hit uh, period. He didn't hit full stop. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And... The power of the highest will overshadow you. Whenever the Holy Ghost comes upon a human life, he brings stuff with him. Whether that's salvation, whether that's gifts, whether that's graces, whatever, a supernatural endowment of heaven. He says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of God will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove on Jesus. The book of Luke chapter 2 tells us when John was baptizing him. And the Bible says, and a voice came from heaven. The Father began to speak from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit and. When, when the Spirit of God starts moving, there's accompanying things. There's a voice of God. There's the grace of heaven. There's the power and the anointing. There's the, the gifts of the Spirit. There's signs and wonders and miracles and supernatural things happen. And, and I, I don't feel like I'm having to convince you. I feel like I'm in a house full of people that are like, we know this. And because you could feel it the minute you walked into this place. Even last night, the night before and tonight, there's people that are hungry. But can I, can I tell you, on a lazy, foggy Tuesday in North Carolina... That the Spirit of God wants to fill this place, but not, not, just, not just for a touch, but for an impartation of all of the power and, and, and fullness of God. And I love this story because, because when the Spirit of God comes, I love this text, when the Spirit of God comes, other stuff begins to, begins to take place. I heard a pastor say recently, he said, David, he was talking to me, he said, David, you're, and I hope my, my accent doesn't make this hard to understand, but he said, your, your and will affect your end. He said, your and will determine your end. Ends are important. Your A-N-D, did, did that make sense? You're looking at me like, who is this person? Your and will determine your end. Is that right? Your, your A-N-D will determine your E-N-D. All through life, you see different ends that just go together. And without the accompanying connection, never would make sense. You've got Ernie and Bert. Where would Ernie be without Bert? They're, they're mates, they're friends. They sit together. You got Kermit and you've got you got Piggy. They go I know you're too spiritual to watch TV, but I'm not. People like I mean Batman's pretty awesome, but when Batman hooked up with Robin, I mean it just went to a whole new level. He'd read the word of God, one can set a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. 
I mean, Forrest, he was awesome, but I love Forrest and Jenny. What about Gilligan? And the skipper too. And then you've got Kanye and Kanye. I love biscuits. Exactly. <laughs> chips and you got to you need dip chips without dip. What is that? There's just some things that go together. You read through the scriptures. Adam, without Eve, there was no procreation of mankind. It was a divine connection. Abraham and Sarah, multiplication. I mean, David was awesome, but he, it took a Goliath to, to show us really what was on his life. And, and we see these ands determine people's end. And we see Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We see signs and wonders, healings and miracles, and, and grace and truth and peace and joy and sons and daughters. I'm telling you, it's not an awe, you know. It's not the Holy Spirit or this. It's the Holy Spirit and power. It's a... Holy Spirit and, and everything that heaven brings. I, I tell you, if it, if it hadn't been for the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't be born again. And some of us, we, we take the Holy Ghost and, and we think the Holy Spirit, because He's called the third person of the Godhead, we somehow think that that's a, a, a rank and an order that makes Him the third most important. Can, can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is as important as Jesus is? Now, the Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and God the Son. When we start talking about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, however you want to address the God of heaven, I want to tell you, you're not talking to an it. I mean, we're not going to get up and say, I feel it in this place. Let me tell you, I know him. I've met him. He's real. He's a person. He's alive. He brings heaven into earth and he'll change your heart and change your life. Do you know, I mean, it was Jesus that hung and bled and died on Calvary that you and I might have life. But when you call on the name of Jesus in faith, it was the Spirit of God that poured Jesus into your broken distant heart and change who you are from the inside out. We cannot even be saved without the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why every now and then it's just good to take a minute and say, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'll worship you, Spirit of God. Man, I, I get happy. My right leg's about to go. Bless Jesus. I don't know if you've ever Driven to McDonald's. I drove through McDonald's the other day. I wanted a Diet Coke. That's all I wanted. It was a hot day and I was parched. So I said, sorry, parched. <laughs> I said, I need, I need a, I said, I, I said I, and I thought I'm going to test this out. I said to the lady at the drive-thru, I said, ma'am, I'd like a Diet Coke. All I want is a Diet Coke. Nothing else, just a Diet Coke. She said, is that all? I said, well, I felt like I made that fairly clear, man. Another time I went to McDonald's, I said, I'd love to, I'd like a cheeseburger. And she said, would you like fries with that? 
I said, yes. I'm not stupid, of course. But it's interesting, they, they just want to upsell, don't they? They just want to, they just want to upsell, just get you to buy a little something, something, you know. I mean, this shirt is great, but if you don't get these jeans, what the, what the, so well, I'll get the jeans. But do you know with the Holy Spirit, when he, he actually doesn't have to upsell you, but when you come hungry, you get every blessing that the Holy Spirit can bring into your life. And I thought I'd, I thought, I thought I'd just preach for maybe another 15 minutes, then we'll just have an altar call and see what God wants to do and just get the fire of God in this place. But there, there's, I, I want to have a look at some thoughts here tonight. Now, I won't preach too long because the two of you taking notes already look like you've worked hard tonight. So <laughs> there are some ands that come with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you read through the Bible. And the first one I want to have a look at, you find in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, you don't need to turn there. But the Bible, Paul's talking about, about Jesus. And he says in Acts 10, 38, he says, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Can I tell you, I love every facet of that passage. I love the fact that one of the things Jesus did wasn't just supernatural miracles. He just went around doing good. I mean, goodness isn't overrated, you know. As Christians, especially charismatic Christians and spirit-filled Pentecostal Christians, let's, still, let's keep the goodness of God flowing out of our life. But, but the Bible also says he went about healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. The power of God, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And the Bible says from then on, he went about doing good. Do you know, Jesus, uh, he was God the Son from the day he was born. He was the Son of God from the day he was born. He never did any miracles until he was 30. Now, if I said to you that he wasn't God the Son at 15, you'd say, well, he was, because he was. But it's interesting that even as God the Son... He did no major miracles until he turned 30. And it was at that same time in his life that he was baptized in the Holy Spirit where the fire of God came upon him. And the Bible says that moment, we read about it where the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. That was the empowering of God that came upon Jesus that anointed him to do the miraculous things that he did. If Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things that God had called him to do, how much more do you and I need the power of the Holy Ghost? I mean, Jesus walked under the same anointing that you and I can walk in. We can walk in the power of God. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, power comes, or power, power comes with the fire of God. So when the Spirit of God comes upon your life, He's saying, would you like power with that? Yes, thank you very much. I tell you right now, I don't want to be, I hope you don't mind me getting down for a little bit, but I don't want to be a Pentecostal or a Christian that has no power. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to just pray for people and nothing happens. I mean, I, mean, I know some people that pray for things and God does them and then they're, they're shocked. I mean, how did that happen? Well, you prayed and the Spirit of God, yeah, but wasn't meant to happen. 
Can I tell you, I want you to walk into a space. I want to walk into a space where when we pray, things just happen because we carry the power of God. We carry the supernatural. We see miracles happen. I've laid hands on people, man. I've seen the fire of God flow and touch their heart. And it's not because I'm special. I just believe in a book of Acts outpouring. I believe in the fact that, that, that what he did 2,000 years ago in that upper room on the early church was, was he established a pattern that the body of Christ should walk in today. And that pattern is that you and I go and get filled with the power of God and then go out and do what God's called us to do. My prayer tonight is that not one person would leave this place without being filled with the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. If I've got any friends in the house, can you give God a praise for about... He says, you shall receive power. I'm telling you right now, God, I pray you plug me into the power of God. I was on an airplane the other day. I was sitting next to this lady and she was... You know when people are so, so saved that you can tell by looking at them. And it's not, their, it's not their face, it's their clothes. And I'll tell you why, it was a giveaway. She was sitting there and she had a t-shirt with a vest on. And on the vest, on one side of the vest, were the first of the five Ten Commandments and, and the second were the other five. And on her shirt, she had a picture of an eagle and the scripture from Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run, mount up with wings and eagles. They shall run and not grow with. She was saved. She didn't have earrings on. She had fish. Not, not fish. It uh, wasn't trout. It was just like... Her hair was tied up. And I don't know what you call it. Like her hair tie had little, like, little cube things on there. And each of those were like Christian symbols. It was like a cross and a fish and the table of showbread. I mean, it was all there. <laughs> she had a Bible. And she didn't just have a Bible. And you might fall into this category. She had a Bible. She had a Bible cover. Pretty much containing every bit of stationery from staples that you could find. <laughs> and it had a zipper. Hers even had scripture on the front of the Bible cover, which I think was just in case the zipper malfunctioned. <laughs> she could still say the grass withers, the flower fades, and the word of God stands forever. But she, she was saved, man. You could tell she was saved. She wasn't wearing perfume. She had bought oil from a TV preacher <laughs> for her be- best gift of $20. Now, I noticed she had these multicolored beads around her wrists, and I thought, man, I'm not even going to tell her I'm a Christian. If I do, the rapture's going to happen, and I've got to get to New Orleans. So she, she had these beads, and so she's just waving them in my general direction. And I couldn't help myself. I took the bait. I said, nice beads. And before I could even finish the word beads, she says, they're my evangelism beads. I was like, really? What are they for? She said evangelism. I was like, the name makes sense. So she, she then decides to tell me the gospel according to all of these different colored beads. And it was sweet, you know. But after she'd finished her presentation of the gospel, I couldn't help but think to myself, if the future of global evangelism hinges on these beads... we got a bit of a problem because the Bible doesn't say you shall receive beads when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. 
He says you're going to receive power. I mean, you don't need a gimmick. You don't need a creative little scheme. The power of God's enough, man. The power of God resurrected Jesus from a garden tomb 2,000 years ago. The same power that was on Jesus is available to us to go into all the nations and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. The power of God works. He, do you want power with that? I was reading about a guy called John G. Lake. Now, Man, I'm feeling excited in the house. He, I don't have time to tell the whole background, but this guy was a revivalist of revivalists. He's, he's in South Africa at the time. And they brought him a man who had a typhoid sore on his stomach. And they used to, they, basically, the sore was so infected, they had to wash it like every 20 minutes. Otherwise, right before their eyes, things would get in that thing and it was not a pretty picture. And so John G. Lake lifts up the guy's shirt and with his bare hands, for me, I'd need some Purell or something before I, I mean, I'd need gallons of the stuff. I'd bathe in Purell and not him. He just lifts up the guy's shirt, puts his hand on. You know, when I have to pray for ladies or they're pregnant or they've got something going on in their stomach, I say, ma'am, just put your hand on your stomach. And I put my hand on their hand. That's what I would have done. But anyway. It's just a thought. It's a, next time. So he puts his hand on the sword. And I love how John G. Lake prayed. He didn't pray like kind of, you know, a safe prayer. Like, Lord, bless him. Be with him during this time. <laughs> he prays like this. He says, God in heaven. He says, I blast this curse of hell. Burn it up by the power of God. In the name of Jesus. He takes his hand off this man's stomach. The man's stomach is completely healed, but there is, a, there is a painless red mark that stayed with him for about a month, the exact same shape as John G. Lake's hand that was on that guy's belly. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to just resurrect some old stories to tell you about the good old days and how good it was when we had the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there's a greater measure of power coming on the church in the future than behind. I mean, that's 80 years ago. I'm telling you the greatest move of God we've ever seen is still ahead. I'm telling you the greatest revival we've ever seen is still ahead because he still says, you shall receive power. Somebody say power. Power. Look at your neighbor, say it real loud, say power. And then just wipe it off their face right there. Second thing, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit and joy. Somebody say joy. joy. The Bible says in Acts 13, 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Ghost. Nehemiah 8, 10 tells us the joy of the Lord is your strength. Can I tell you, happiness and joy are not the same. Happiness is something that uh, is an emotion stirred in us based on happening. Things that happen. Our happiness rides on happenings. But our joy, it rides on one happening. And the happening that our joy rides on is what Jesus did 2,000 years ago at Calvary. And because of what Jesus did and because of the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I can live with the joy of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to be a happy Christian. I don't want to be a grumpy saint. I don't, I don't want to be the pin-up boy for the book of Lamentations. 
I want to be full of the joy of the Lord. I want the life of heaven in my spirit. I want that touch of God that when you get around me, it's like God is good. He's doing good things. He's alive and I'm pumped. Jesus is awesome. My pastor is 80. He's a legend. He is one of the greatest men of God you've ever known. His name's Andrew Evans. He probably, other than really him and Brian Houston would be the two most significant leaders in in the church of Australia, and Pastor Andrew, one day, he and I were having lunch, and I said to him, I was just telling him about someone that got saved at church, and I was kind of just sort of going, yeah, we only had one person saved in the service, and he just looks at me, and I see tears running down his face, and he goes, isn't Jesus wonderful? Now, I was sort of grumpy, because it wasn't enough, but there he is at 80, having been through it all, having had to lay his wife to rest, and all of those things, still totally inspired and full of joy just hearing that somebody got saved. I'm 35 and I get grumpy, but I don't want to be a grumpy Christian. I don't want to be, I I don't think it's possible to be an unhappy Pentecostal. It's an oxymoron. How can you be grumpy when you've got the same power that was on Jesus alive in here? Just praying the Holy Ghost for about 10 minutes. You turn that frown upside down. Bless the Lord, my God. The Holy Spirit and joy, I want to move quick. The Holy Spirit and boldness. The Bible says, and when they prayed, Acts 4.31, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word with boldness. I want want to be bold in the Holy Ghost. I want to pray for people with a boldness. Really go after sickness and disease and lay hands and not just sort of do it with with a loud voice, but do it with a tenacity of spirit where we believe demonic interference is broken by the power of God and healing comes and lives are set free and turned around. I pray we'd be bold in the Holy Ghost. I, 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 was, I was in a meeting one day with my dad and I was just a kid and uh, this guy came to the service and, and uh, he, he had a demon in him and he was in like the third row and he was just losing his he was losing his stuff. He was just sitting there going, rah, just going crazy. And it was quite disruptive. And so my dad, and I don't know why he did it, there was a big sign on the stage that said Jesus. And so my dad just stops. He points to the guy. He said, in the name. Sorry, I'm pointing at you, brother. It doesn't mean you've got a demon. You just, <laughs> no, he doesn't. He says, in the name that's on that sign, be free. The guy gets completely delivered. We get in the car on the way home. My dad says to me, he said, David, I learned two things today. I said, what's that? He said, well, number one, there's still power in the name of Jesus. And he said, number two, did you know demons can read? No, I didn't know that. They can read. But can I tell you, sometimes we've we got to know when to be bold. When the devil comes against your family, sometimes instead of going, how are we going to get through, square your shoulders and say, in the name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, did you want boldness with that? Some of you, you haven't witnessed to people for a while. Maybe you just need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost, just to fire up. And the Holy Spirit and faith. Acts chapter 11 tells about Barnabas. He says, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many were added to the Lord, we look at Stephen in, in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 6, verse 5, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Faith and preaching about faith makes no sense. Jesus 
preached faith when Jairus' daughter had died and he said, she's just asleep. And they went from mourning to laughing at Jesus. Faith doesn't make sense, but it activates something about the power of God. We can't, faith comes by the word of God, but when we operate in faith, there's something about the spirit of God. Jairus' daughter got raised from the dead in that moment, and there is something about faith that when you and I activate our faith, supernatural things take place, the Holy Spirit and faith. Another one, Matthew 3.11, we read about John. Now John, according to scripture, we are told John was a Baptist. I'm not making that up, John the Baptist. I mean, though, he was very clear that he wanted his denominational affiliation to be made very clear. John the Baptist. But John was a bad Baptist. Because even before he was born, Mary waves at Elizabeth while she's carrying John the Baptist. And John gets slain in the spirit in the womb of Mary. I mean, John was Baptocostal. My wife's Baptocostal. She was a Baptist and we were dating. And I said, sweetheart, I can't marry unless you speak in tongues. So I gave her a phone number of a lady that was really good at getting people through. So she goes, visits a lady, comes back speaking in tongues. I said, let's get married. So now she's Baptocostal. So when she speaks in tongues and shouts, then she analyzes her own behavior. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up in a Baptist school that I'm very grateful for my Baptist friends. I'm just being naughty. They're, they're awesome. Some of the best churches in our city, they're leading people to Christ and growing at Baptist churches. And, and we're, t- we're walking together. We're just like their crazy cousin, you know. But, but John... <laughs> John, he said, John was a Baptist, and he says in Matthew 3.11, he says, I'm John, I'm a Baptist, but there's a Pentecostal coming. <laughs> I'm being naughty, I'm being naughty. <laughs> and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He said, I can't even tie up his, I can't even tie up his shoes, but man, but this guy, man, he, I'm going to baptize, I'm going to get you down in water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but there's one coming who's going to pour out a river from heaven, man. He's going to pour out the fire of God, and you're going to be touched from your head to your toe. You're going to speak in new tongues. You're going to see supernatural things happen, and you'll truly know that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He said he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You want fire with that? I tell you, I remember the night I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was in a Rodney Howard Brown meeting in, in, in Adelaide, South Australia. I was 15 years of age. And I was just sitting on the front row. There's about 8,000 people at this meeting. It was a crazy move of God. And he's just walking around the front preaching. He'd just walk like this, but he'd walk around the front. And he'd preach very conversationally. And he stops and says, young man, come here. He says, stand right there. So I did. I was like 13. He says, lift your hands to heaven. He says, as you do, the fire of God comes upon you. And he goes, fire! Like that. I hit the ground. I mean, I was gone. You know, sometimes you can do like, I don't want to call it a courtesy drop, but you sort of encourage the preacher. You're laughing because you're guilty. You've done it. You can... Well, mate, there are different types of falling out, you know. There's those that it's like they've been just run over by a Mack truck. But then there's the guys that fall violently but still manage to adjust their shirt on the way down. Isn't it amazing how 
this part of you is in the glory, but your hands are still capable of... <laughs> Some people get all freaked out about falling out. I've never thought falling out was the weirdest part. The weirdest part is knowing the right time to get back up. Because <laughs> you think, have I, been out? have I been out long enough? Have I... I need to stay on that grill for a little while. So when I get to heaven, he says, well done, not medium rare. We've got too many people... You're medium rare. You need to get back. Maybe if a keyboard player can come, we need to finish this thing. He, said, he, said, he says, you shall receive power. He says, you'll be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Some of you, some of you worship, you lift your hands, it's beautiful. But when's the last time you got hit by the fire of God? I mean, I mean just hit, you know, where, where, like just old school, you know, like power of God. Some of you got filled with the Spirit on Noah's Ark, but it's been a long time. Some of you haven't spoken in tongues since 1972. You need to stir up the gift. Well, how, how do I do that? Just pull the old string. One more time. Woo! Jesus! You know, my last thought, and I'm done, is the Holy Spirit in tongues. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you get tongues. Some people go, well, it's one of nine. No, 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 on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people. And how many flames of fire were there in that room? 120 flames. There's a fire. There's a cloven tongue of fire for every person that would say, God, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. See, here's the thing. When it comes to tongues, often we say, do I have to? You don't have to. You get to. It's not a have to. It's like, it's like getting saved and saying to God, do I have to go to heaven? You get, to, you get to go. The alternative's not great. Do, I mean, do I, do I have to speak in tongues? You don't have to speak in tongues. But I'm telling you, how many remember when you first walked into a church like this and people are lifting their hands? Feel free to play, bro. Just help me, help me just land this plane. Otherwise, I'll preach. Because we're done. We got, we got like 12 minutes. And, but I'm telling you, God's going to do something. I'm going to come right down here and we're going to finish Look at that. I've got the agility of a mountain goat. <laughs> so, I remember the first time I, uh, people come into places like this, they see us all worshipping and lifting our hands. We're used to that. But the people that have never seen that before go, what's going on? What, what is that? You know how, what is that? And so, Maybe it happened to you tonight, but in a meeting, you can come and watch other people do it. I don't know if I want to do that, but you come on your own one night, you know, and maybe this happened to you. You came on your own and no one was around, so you thought, you know what, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a red hot whirl, you know? So you're kind of like, no one's looking around, it's a bit dark, the moving lights aren't on you, and sort of in the back, you think, you know, I'm going to give this a go, so you just go to... <laughs> and suddenly you get the goosebumps, you know, you're like... <laughs> Like, uh, that's really nice. That's really nice. So you think, I'd like it on my other arm as well. So you're like, 
You're like. <laughs> so then you just, you think, you know what? I'm going to really give it a. You give it a. You got your hands up, you know. And you've never been able to go back to just standing, twiddling your thumbs, singing the song. Because you, you crossed over. When you cross over into the language of heaven, it'll do to your prayer life what lifting your hands did to your worship life. Your devotional life changes. You pray in tongues. Paul says, when I speak in tongues, I speak mysteries. He, 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 said, he says, Isaiah prophesied. He said, with, a, with stammering lips and an unknown tongue. And he says, this is the rest and this is the refreshing Speaking in tongues is not the end game. It's the means to the end game. It stirs up rivers of living water. But maybe just for 30 seconds, let's stand and just lift our hands. I'm going to close. We're closing. Just lift your hands to God. God's going to pour out His Spirit in the house, in this place. Come on, let's lift our hands to God for one minute. God's about to do something in the house. In Jesus' name. If you're hungry, just take a minute. Lift your eyes to Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Give him permission to touch it. He's going to fill people in this room. I'm telling you right now, the fire of God's going to fill this place. If you've come hungry, tonight is your night. Somebody say, tonight's my night for an encounter with God. Say it again. Say, tonight's my night for an encounter with God. Say it again. Say, tonight's my night for an encounter with God. In Jesus' name. Jesus, just lift your hands to God all over this house. If you're hungry, if you're hungry, he'll fill your cup. Let's get hungry in the house. Let's believe God's going to do something. Let's believe God's going to do something. I love this young lady right here. I think you've all got the same shirt, but you come, just come, just come. Spirit of God, if you're hungry tonight, tonight, lift your hands to heaven, close your eyes. Someone stand behind her, quick. The fire of God's going to... Jesus, Spirit of God, fill the house. If you're hungry, lift your hands to God. If you're hungry, His anointing will come. Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, fill this house. Fill this house. If you're hungry, He'll touch you. If you're hungry, He'll touch you. Just lean into the presence of God. This young lady right, right here, you come, sweetheart, just come. Maybe for just one minute, if you could bow your heads for, for a moment. Maybe you're in this room and you, and, you, and, you don't, and you don't know Jesus. Can I just have keys for a minute? Is that cool? Maybe you're in this room and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're in this room and you've never given your heart to Christ. Maybe you're in this place and you don't know what it is to have a personal living relationship with God. And you'd say, David, tonight, I need, to, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to get saved. I need to get born again. Maybe you're away from God. Maybe you're, you're just walking in a space you know that you shouldn't be walking and you say, David, I've got to come home. I've got to get my life right with God. I've got to get saved. I've got to get born again. If you're in this place tonight and you say, David, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to get my life right with God. Maybe you're in this place and you know that you're away from Him. You know that things aren't right. Maybe you've never, ever asked God into your life. Or maybe you have, but you've, your relationship with God's grown cold and you've been away from Him. Let me tell you, He doesn't pull away from us, but maybe you might have feel like you pulled away from Him. If you're in this place and you say, David, I need to get my heart right with God. I want to, 
I want to get saved. If that's, if that's you, would you, wherever you are, would you just raise your hand so I can see who you are? I'd love to pray for you. Give me a big wave if that's you. And you'd say, David, tonight's my hands are going up all over this house. It's awesome. Just raise your hand. I see hands up the back. I see hands over here. I see hands going. That's awesome, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Is there any, God bless you back there, buddy. It's awesome. You can put it down up in the bleachers. I see your hand. His hands going up all over this place. If you'd say, David, I, I want to get my heart right with God. If you just raise it high so I can see who you are. If that's you and you lifted your hand, I know a whole lot of people did last night, but there's different people here tonight. If you'd say, David, that's me. I need to get my heart right with God. If you'd say, David, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Would you do me a favor? Would you let me pray for you? I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you lifted your hand, I'd love you to step out of your seat and just come quickly. Just get out of your seat. Come and fill this altar and we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe that God, if you lifted your hand, don't stay in your seat. Just come, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. All of Jesus' name. Just come all over this house. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Fill the middle. Come to the middle, guys. Come to the middle. Come to the middle all over this place. Come on, church, give them a shout as they come. There's more coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. It's awesome. Come on, let's give the Lord one more shout as people come. You know, you guys here at the front, Every one of you is precious to the Lord. Maybe you're in this place and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. And you say, David, it's for the first time. Maybe you have. But you just want to get your heart right with Jesus. Every single one of you matters to the Lord. Every single one of you matters. The hand of God's on every one of you. And you guys here at the front, I'd love it if you just close your eyes for one minute, church, stretch your hands out to these guys and I'm going to pray a prayer and I'd love it if if the whole church would repeat it after me but especially you at the front some people call it the sinner's prayer I like to call it the beginner's prayer to help you get started in your journey of faith I want you to pray this and mean it in your heart and we're going to believe for a divine transaction to happen right now let's pray good on you my friend you're awesome I'm proud of you hand of God's on your life let's pray dear God in heaven I come to you tonight In the name of Jesus Christ, and I give my heart to you. I ask you to come into my life, to touch me, to forgive me, to make me new, to give me a new beginning. And right now, Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I invite you to come and take control of my life. Fill me with your Spirit. Wash me clean. Tonight's my night to become a born-again Christian, to become part of the family of God. And right now, Lord Jesus, for the rest of my life, my life is yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm saved, I'm washed, I'm forgiven, and I'm born again in Jesus' name.
Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. You know, tomorrow night, this is what's, what's going to happen. We, we're going to have a all-out Holy Ghost move of God. Can I encourage you, don't just come expecting, I guess, a, just a message. Come expecting that God is going to visit you with the power of heaven. Because yeah, my expectation is such that the fire of God is going to fill this place. And, and some of us, it's been a long time. And you know, there is a forgotten art in the church on just drinking from heaven. Knowing how to receive the Holy Ghost. When you come to the altar, we're going to pull people out, lay hands on them, come with expectation. Come believing that the fire of God is going to be manifest in your life. And you're going to feel the anointing is not just something that we sense. It's something we feel. It's a, it's a tangible presence of God. And I, I'm believing that tomorrow night we are going to have such a blowout in the Holy Ghost that it's going, to be, it's going to be one of those nights that you never forget. And I want to encourage you. Get hungry. Be believing God. Say, God, I want something from heaven. I'm believing people will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, just for one more minute, lift your hands to God and thank Him for His goodness. Father, we thank You for Your anointing. And Lord, we give You praise and we give You thanks in the name of Jesus for Your kindness and Your grace in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise in here tonight. Hallelujah!